0: it's wednesday night you know what that means it means your wrestling Inc. crew is locked loaded and ready to explode some pro wrestling analysis and entertainment for your pleasure hello everybody i'm justin labar alongside the demon diva isa and jimmy Corderis as we're bringing you your wednesday night post aew dynamite podcast and oh it's going to be a fun one a very energetic mm-hmm. night plus some news headlines but before we do that let's go into some small talk and pleasantries isa i still see you're in tropical new york city with us tonight again
1: <laughs> yes yes soon soon i'll be back in paradise but yes i'm still enjoying this beautiful east coast weather
0: and jimmy Corder's former wwe referee for over 20 years how are you tonight north O the border
2: hey we're doing okay it was a little chilly today but it's expected this time of year and you know just because you get used to them, it doesn't mean you like it, <laughs> fair enough. but, but I, I don't want to jinx myself. At least we're not shoveling the driveway just yet.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I had that, uh, had that conversation with my seven-year-old daughter the other day. She's, she's wishing for snow. And I said, no, 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 we don't need to wish for snow. And she couldn't understand why I said, because mm-hmm. you don't have to shovel it. You don't have to drive it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey Jimmy, I might need to have you overnight your um, blue SmackDown ref shirt for me. I'll be sitting ringside this Friday at SmackDown, so I might need oh. it just, uh, so, so, just so I can tag in if need be.
2: Ah, hey, but but unfortunately, well, you know what? Bring it back. Yeah, I'll I'll send the blue one.
0: Send the blue one. <laughs> yeah, send the blue one. Looking forward to seeing everybody this Friday if you're going to be in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh for SmackDown uh, at PPG Paints Arena. Hope to see you. if I do. We'll uh, we'll have a we'll have a. We'll scissor or we'll cheers or we'll do something. Uh whatever whatever your <laughs> preference is. You
1: you practice that often, Lamar? You scissor with strangers all the time?
0: No comment. All right, let's get into the uh news <laughs> K Fabe brother. <laughs> <laughs> let's get yeah, definitely K Let's get into the news items first. Uh Rick Flair. Uh there's a new documentary coming to Peacock in a few weeks. Uh and here's what Flair has to say about it. He's revealed a little bit about uh the upcoming documentary on his to be the man podcast he has revealed that it is gonna be two hours long uh he says that it's gonna that's it's gonna ensure that it's enough time to cover the many years of his career without rushing through anything he says it's long make plans to get a lot of liquor he goes on to talk about uh how it's going to go into uh you know detail about some of the health um you, you know scares he's had over the recent years uh it's likely that it's probably going to have his last match that he uh, featured in it which he had uh, over the summertime. Uh, We do know there was footage being filmed behind the scenes for that. Uh, He also goes on to say it's emotional. He says there's a lot about uh, his late son, Reed Flair, in it, uh, who, of course, uh, died at the tragic age of 25. And uh, according to Flair, he says the rest of his family is prominently featured along with friends and wrestlers like The Undertaker and like Hawk Hogan. So, This will be interesting, uh, guys, because Rick. There's been several pieces done on Rick in recent years. Uh, There was a thirty for thirty documentary that ESPN did in 2017, uh, and that was a pretty, you know, interesting account, Uh, and obviously showed his highs. It did show. Some lows that you know his his uh, his ex his ex wife his first wife was interviewed and she of course talked about the absence that he was in life and so there, that was one and then who can forget uh, just over a year ago about about a year and three months ago there was the dark side of the ring focusing on the plane ride from hell and I feel like there was petitions to get everybody canceled <laughs> after that mm-hmm. thing aired <clears throat> so uh, Jimmy I'll go to you as somebody who's yeah. ref Rick Flair matches and lived through some Rick Flair uh, uh, and was and was on that plane ride. And was on the plane. Uh, yeah. What are you expecting? How much uh, more tell-all is there in a Ric Flair story?
2: Ah, uh, how much more can you tell? Uh, you know, uh, in Ric Flair's words, this one is more closer to the truth, and I don't know what that is. So I am very much looking forward to it because you know, having having been honored to share a ring with what with someone that a lot of people call the greatest of all time, it, it was an it is an absolute. You know, it, it, how do you say a dream come true for me? Because, you know, growing up here in Toronto, we used to get talent from mid-Atlantic wrestling when I started going down to Maple Leaf Gardens and 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 uh, attending live because that was who they got most of their talent from, other than local talent up here. And Rick Flair was prominently featured. Him, Ricky Steamboat, Youngblood, Wahoo mcdaniel that was that was my core guys. And getting to work with him and getting to witness him at his best and sometimes not so much his best (laughs) uh, has been nothing but incredible. But uh, at the end of the day, always treated me with respect. And uh, man, uh, I was blessed. Let's just put it that way.
0: Issa, uh, Rick does also state and he acknowledges the Dark Side of the Ring playing Right from Hill episode. He acknowledges the 30 for 30 ESPN doc from 2017. He does say that the upcoming Peacock documentary is a far more accurate depiction of the of, of him than what has come before. To, to you, does that mean this is going to be more of a flair PR piece where it's going to focus a lot more on the, it's going to be a positive spin on things or or do you think Rick is just very honest about he's the nature boy and that comes with all the good and bad and ugly?
1: I mean based on the previews that we're getting I don't see it as necessarily PR is so positive here they are showing certain things on the Peacock preview that I immediately wanted to see it 30 seconds into that preview I think I saw the first one the other night during Monday Night Raw if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't know whether this is a PR stunt, but if you think about it, even the 3030 documentary 2017, Ric Flair has gone through four lifetimes after that. (laughs) There's a lot to cover. Even after the 3030 documentary, there's just been so much about him that has gone on. I'm very particularly curious about that time where most of us thought that we were going to lose him. That was a scary time in his life. And I don't know that that has ever really been explained what went on. How did he get out of it? And it seems like they're going to talk about that quite a bit. And we're going to see footage from that. Um, but yeah, to to Jimmy's point, I got the honor of being backstage at that last um, last match. And Rick was just walking around, saying hi to everybody, whether he knew them or not. He was just so kind and gentle to everybody. He was the star of the show, and he was stopping to to just greet and talk to everybody that was back there, um, young wrestlers, people like myself, everybody he stopped and talked to. It just seems like he treats everybody in that kind of way, and and that was very impressive for me to see. I was very impressed at, at the way that he just talked to everybody like he was nobody. I'm like, you're the GOAT. You don't need to come to me <laughs> you know so it was it was an incredible experience
0: yeah i can relate to that when my first time backstage with rick was uh i think like 2013 ish uh, it was at a uh, uh I pay-per-view event that we were all working on in rome georgia and you're right he went around to everybody whether he had been riding the road with you for 30 years or whether he just met you that night uh he made you feel important for the few seconds he engaged with you and uh so um so, yeah, I, I can relate to that. And, and, yeah, I mean, you're right. He said, I mean, you could make an entire documentary on just 2017 to present. Yeah. Uh, now, it doesn't seem like that's going to be it. Again, if we're going to talk about Reed. They're, of course, going to talk about his rise to being considered the GOAT in pro wrestling. But uh, uh, we'll be watching it, uh, again, very entertaining for two hours. And, and I'm sure, inevitably, because how could you not, there will be a lot of chatter coming out of it, uh, one way or the other, with whatever we learn uh, further about Rick's life. And career up to this point so that'll be on peacock coming up in just a few weeks uh, i'm sure we'll be talking about it on the podcast here uh next up i am too i am too i, I mean i i mean i am a huge documentary guy not just in wrestling just in anything but yeah so this you know very exciting um this one's interesting booker t uh has uh, got a new trainee at his uh reality of wrestling training school in houston it is one zilla fought two who is son of the late WWE star Umaga? Uh, so Zilla Fatu, yes, of course. Draw the tree, connect the branches. Part of a uh, part of the bloodline, and uh, he says, "Kitty," to the point where I mean, they might truly run the company in the truest of sense, just by numbers. If uh, if if nature continues to take course
1: yes literally (laughs) it's not even it's not even a joke that we're making this is literally what could happen uh the thing of it is 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 they're called the bloodline because this runs through their veins like it's incredible how good they all turn out watching the current bloodline and seeing just the different personas that we get from them is i always get excited to hear there's a new one of them about to join the world Mm -hmm. of professional wrestling because what can he bring to the table because you're not seeing the same not even from Jay and Jimmy. They're two complete different characters. Solo is different. Roman is completely different. So and you look at the entire bloodline as a whole, like Jimmy was saying off the air. This is a big family. They all feel like they have brought something different to the table. So every time one of them gets announced to be joining, you know, the world of professional wrestling, I'm nothing but hyped for it.
0: Yeah, Jimmy. Um, you know, I, I think we can all agree with what Isa just said there. And, and I also also thought this was um you know, who knows exactly when Zilla started. If it was this past week, if it was in the last month, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, now Booker's just saying it. But uh, I thought at least it becoming public news. Interesting timing, given we were just a few days removed uh, for what was the anniversary of Zilla's father's passing, uh, right. which was December fourth of two thousand nine. Jimmy, you got to ref uh, some Umaga matches. You were there mm-hmm. uh, for a time when when he was there, both as Umaga and then and then in some previous gimmicks prior. Right. Uh, memories of, of the man Eddie Fatu. No, just a, a
2: great—not just a great guy. Like, and, and I'm not—I'm not just saying that because you know I'm trying to, to you know, uh, sugarcoat anything. He was a great guy, but at the same time, and not—not not just him, but that entire family is just something else. Once you got in good with them, you were in for life, and—and—and and, and all that said, at the same time, some of the toughest individuals you will meet ever, uh, you know. One tough family that you wouldn't want to mess with—that's for darn sure. But at the same time, great memories of uh, of working with Eddie uh, a lot. You know, Fatu. Uh, when he, I think he found himself at, at, in that Omaga gimmick was where he really, really, you know, flourished. Obviously, and uh, you know, and his you know solo paying a little tribute to him this past week also was yes. also awesome to see. It just it almost feels like. That family, uh, it's it's when they say you know the old cliche, it's in their blood. Man, it's in their DNA. Yeah. Are there any of them that can't work? Right. I mean, like it's it's one thing to get in the ring and say, yeah, he's okay, he's all right. They all can go. <clears throat> it's amazing. It's 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 incredible. Uh, uh, I don't know, bloodline. Let's just put it that way
0: and you're right you would know best but from all accounts for many of us who have interactions and then mostly what you read and hear about from all their colleagues over all the years is that they're all again you would not want to go picking a fight with them not any not any one of them singly but but definitely if they're all together to bar so you do not you do not want to find yourself on the wrong side of that equation but that aside when provoke other than for being provoked they all just seem like such nice people and are, are you know loyal and are are you know have their code and they that's that they stick to it and, and and also yeah by the way are very athletic and very good performers that grew okay. up in this business you know the Hart family was once deemed you know the 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 first you know family of wrestling uh certainly the most famous canadian wrestling family mm-hmm. but obviously the eventually the generation stopped you know obviously once brett was done and then owen's tragic passing you know they really didn't you know other than natty and then obviously even tj who i think mm-hmm. is retired at this point you know there really wasn't any continuation or at least not now I gotta say, if we're if we're doing if we're doing rankings, I gotta say, I think the the Samoan family, the Anawahi family, the Fatu family, all all that tree, I think they've surpassed, and they are now the first family of wrestling uh, at mm-hmm. this point, considering the impact they've had. Uh, and oh, by the way, we haven't even mentioned a guy named The Rock. <laughs> so,
1: oh yeah,
2: that's right. That the, guy too, Dwayne something something. Yeah.
0: Uh, the pebble, oh, no, that's the, the pebble, pebble.
1: Yeah. Hey, hey, don't go
0: <laughs>
1: there. That, that was mentioned tonight. <laughs> um,
0: so Zilla fought too. Uh, training with Booker T. Uh, keep your eye on. I mean, look, mm-hmm. that's the other thing they, they grew up in the business. It's kind of like it's it catches on fast. Solo, if you look at yeah. Solo's uh, biography, Solo Sokoa just started training just a few years ago. He was not like Solo's been a guy who's been um running the road, running the towns for a decade. And you know, he he mm-hmm. when he decided to transition, I think, from football to to pro wrestling it didn't take long for him to get in the WWE system and of course he's you know here here he is now so uh potentially zillow Fatu coming to a WWE screen near you in due time uh another guy some people got buzzing about of is he coming to a wwe screen <laughs> cm punk yes he heard that right now it could be just an act of trolling but it is worth noting because it happened uh cm punk who we have not seen or heard from There you go, Jimmy. Not (laughs) seen or heard from since the controversial press conference uh, tirade after All Out, and then the uh, subsequently the brawl that took place minutes after that. A lot of questions about what his exact status is, a lot of rumors, but the belief is he's probably done with AEW. It's just a matter of uh, contract being bought out or or legalities being settled. But for all intents and purposes, he's done with AEW. That's the general belief. And uh, he's been kind of he's been pretty quiet about pro wrestling in general. But he did go to his Instagram stories today. And and one of the images he posted was an image of him from his days in WWE. He's standing on the second rope of a WWE ring. He's uh, clapping, uh, engaging with the fans uh, in his WWE ring gear at the time. Uh, So I don't know, Jimmy, is this just a let's just have some fun? Or is this meant to be um, some type of symbolism some type of omen
2: no i don't i don't believe it's an omen i think it's cm punk just having fun being cm punk and thinking hey if i put this out there let's see what kind of reaction it gets and maybe it is a little bit of a feeler from the company themselves to see if there is any interest from from the other guys in buying out his contract and bringing him over especially under a new regime someone like a triple h and, and you know being in charge so Uh, It could be a little bit of both, but uh, uh, my, my gut tells me that it's just CM Punk having a little bit of fun. He's been quiet for a while and everybody's still talking about it. So I think it's him just, you know, throwing a little bit of, uh, you know, a little line out there, seeing if he reels it in, if anybody will follow. That's all.
0: Now, Isa, I don't remember exactly what time this story posted on Instagram, uh, but today, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, Tony Khan had his live media call mm-hmm. to talk about AEW, to talk about Ring of Honor's final battle. So part of me thought, if Punk got this out beforehand, is it was it a way to try to bait somebody in asking Tony about him? You know, Tony's been notably quiet, saying, I appreciate you guys asking this question, but no comment. Um, mm-hmm. Your thoughts when you saw the CM Punk photo?
1: I can't, I can't tell you what time it was. Um, I was running around to get done in time to be part of the 1 p.m. call, but based on what we have learned after All Out, if you've been to these Tony Khan calls, it's like, don't waste your question on a CM Punk question, because you're not going to get an answer. So I feel like the group of us that attend these calls and were able to get in there and ask him a question, no matter what CM Punk puts in his story, it's like, you don't get that many chances to ask Tony Khan a question. Don't waste the shot, just just for a cheap pop <laughs> because he's going to say the same thing no matter what you're going to even even ariel i got the same answer and that's one of the biggest interviewers today you're not going to get an answer from him no matter what so at least i i wouldn't i would have not thought about it honestly
0: <laughs> don't waste it on a no comment yeah <laughs> so all right we'll, we'll see uh, of course again uh, royal rumbles seven or eight weeks to go so it, naturally there's going to be rumor floating around somewhere mm-hmm. uh, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on it uh real quick on a super comment here and again if you sent some uh paid super chats uh if you haven't got to it yet stay tuned we'll get to it when we get to the topic of mm-hmm. said comment but we got Sheed black who just jumped in here with 4.99 he says i still say the Hart family as we're talking about first families uh of wrestling he says they also trained several future hall of famers yeah you can't mm-hmm. deny the Hart family uh mm-hmm. um impact of the of the training Mm -hmm. um not but you look uh uh, the Samoans also have a training school and have also done some training but surely the the heart dungeon uh probably the most famous training ground uh, still Mm
2: -hmm. absolutely
0: Jimmy in all your years with WWE, and obviously being a fellow Canadian did you ever get to visit the uh the heart house in Calgary did you ever get to see the dungeon yourself
2: you know what i never got to see the dungeon in person i've been to calgary so many times uh, but i did get to witness uh Stu hart perform some of his magic on some of the uh, <laughs> superstars of the wwe i remember one in particular is when uh, uh tugboat uh big big fred uh, f- first time in calgary and you know Stu used to always come to all the shows there and just come say hi to the guys and everybody would be you know gathered around Stu, and everybody was like but what he used to like to do was he'd like to show the big guys little holes on their hands you know what i mean how to shoot put someone down on their knees by you know grabbing their thumb or something like that and all the guys knew that so they said Fred have you said hello to Stu yet knowing that <laughs> you know hey, hey there uh, uh brother you're uh, you're a big guy have you ever seen anybody do this and you know and they're easy, oh you know but such a such a sweetheart he was he was awesome the entire family was cool keith was a little bit of a hard hard ass but other than that you know hey uh r- great family to be around mm-hmm. and have some fun with
0: i always love the way that uh bruce pritchard retells uh, stew stories mainly like how stew would always be just just trying to grab at you and if he got within an arm's reach he's always grabbing at because he, he mm-hmm. let me show you and he had to like just swat him away and get out of get out of his arm's <laughs> reach
2: mm-hmm <laughs> Absolutely, especially if you were a big guy because he really wanted to show how you can put a big guy down on their knees.
0: What's uh, what's Bruce always say? I a big bastard,
2: yeah, 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 big, you're a big, you're a big bastard there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Good stuff. All right, let's jump in to AEW Dynamite coming to you from Austin, Texas tonight, and we're kicking it off with the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. Many guys already around the ring, but we get a few entrances real quick. We get Ricky Starks who's got some hometown flavor. We got Jungle Boy Jack Perry, big uh, big pop for him. And the natural, Dustin Rhodes, yeah. uh, who also, also calls uh, Austin uh, his home. So uh, three big babyface pops. And uh, then we are off and running here with the uh, Battle Royal uh, Orange Cassidy. I, I believe, if not the first, he was real early on uh, eliminated by Kip Sabian. So that really got a that was a buzz kill to the fans who of course Orange Cassidy always a favorite there. Uh, Butcher he takes out Rhodes not too long later. Uh, w. Morrissey's there outside uh, and he ends up uh, helping eliminate Jungle Boy and then delivers a brutal choke oh. slam where Jungle Boy's neck lands oh. right on the edge of the apron. I mean, commentary showed the replay and had legit concern in the tone of their voice. Uh, I can only assume Morrissey doesn't get put in this because maybe it's a bad look to have him eliminated and not win the thing. Because, I mean, again, I, I continue to say, as we look at this very uh, large roster, W. w Morris is a guy who's in phenomenal shape, and the fans certainly know who he is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I would be positioning him to be somebody. Um, I, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I, I was shocked to see him there, in, just in general. Uh, and not
1: The, the he, issue that I have, it's not even an issue with him not being in the match. Is that you didn't know whether he was in the match or not because this mm-hmm. whole thing was so weirdly put together that you didn't know is he there is he you didn't see him come out it was it was we'll get into it the more that we talk about it but it was a very messy battle royal and it's not the first time that that happens until you get to the final four you have no idea what's going on who's in the match who's not in mm-hmm. the match so I gotta tell you at some points I thought he was part of it
0: well, I mean, that's fair because they did, they, you know, we opened up the show and other than those three entrances that I mentioned, right. everybody else is standing outside the ring. So you, there is no, right. d- there is no to differentiate who is and who isn't. And then plus Correct. in addition to him, there's managers, you know, Stokely's out there and um, uh, I think yeah. Prince Nana was out there. Ma- so. Yeah, it makes
2: it feel weird when you have uh, seconds accompanying or thirds and fourths accompanying a talent to the ring in a battle royal, like you said. Are they in the Battle royal? Are they just yeah. there outside? You don't, you don't know.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some uh, notable points. We finally get down <clears throat> to the final three, which is Matt Hardy, mm-hmm. Ethan Page, and Ricky Starks. Now, of course, Hardy's still kind of beholden to Ethan Page and Stokely Hathaway and, uh, and the firm. Uh, so Hardy reluctantly having to go along with whatever Page wants to do. So it is a two-on-one situation. Uh, Hardy is going to get eliminated by Starks, and then it looks like Ethan Page is going to muscle uh, Ricky out the ring. Ricky grabs on the ropes and flips a uh, page forward. Nice little sequence and spot. Ricky Starks is your battle royal winner. Huge pop. Uh, he's going to quickly get interrupted. But before we get into uh, the real meat of what happens next, just real quick, yeah. both of you good with Ricky Starks winning, or would you like this go down some way different, Jimmy?
2: No, I, I was fine with it. I, you, you look down and you go, who could have won this thing? I mean, you could have entered a guy. See, like you said, if you put Morrissey in there, he yeah, – without him going over, you know, it, it does it work? Does the battle royal work? Or you could have thrown someone like a wardlow in there. And and if you put him in there and he doesn't go over, do you know what I mean? So judging by who was in the battle royal, it did make sense for Ricky Starks to be uh the guy to come out on top.
0: Lisa?
1: Yeah, you know I'm a big fan of Ricky Starks. I love seeing him win here. Would have been nice to have a second two process that he won. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and even even and even commentary uses the words this. The wind didn't even have a chance to breathe because Stark's yeah. wins. The bell rings and then, rather than Stark's music playing for ten seconds and then getting cut off immediately, MJF's music mm-hmm. hits, and yeah. out comes MJF real quick before he gets to Stark's. MJF addresses the camera and says, "Brian Dannison, I hear you're not here tonight," which is what they had said that Danison it was not there, mm-hmm. and uh, MJF proceeds to say that Brian is terrified and he does not blame him. Uh, but now he addresses his comments to Ricky Starks. He notes that, well, Ricky's good, but in comparison to MJF, Ricky is the drizzling shits. In fact, he said Ricky is a Rudy Poo candy ass and figures that's the appropriate phrase to use because Ricky Starks has stolen everything else from the character. Of course, he's referring to the rock. He then goes on to call Ricky a dollar store Dwayne or how about let's just call you the pebble. Uh, <laughs> He goes on to say, I'm going to beat you, and I'm going to send you back to Billy Corgan's NWA to wrestle on YouTube. So MJF... Where really... you
1: belong. Where mm-hmm. you belong. Where yeah. you
0: belong. <laughs> so he's taking some heavy shots on Ricky Starks, but Ricky gets the Oof. mic, so and good. he had a few loaded in the chamber himself. Mm-hmm. As Ricky fires back, calling a maxi pad, which uh, yes. echoed a huge chant from the crowd. <laughs> right. uh, and he says, I wouldn't expect anything less from a fifth-rate Roddy Piper. Right. You, you, you trash the city. You trash the fans. Uh, you, you know, you're know you nothing but uh, cheap suits, cheap shirts, cheap heat. He says you sit there with your spray tan to cover up your eczema. Um, Yo. uh, <laughs> goes on. He says well, you, you don't know the responsibility of having people like you. You had people start to like you, and you bailed, and you sat out for three months. Uh, and basically says next week I'm going to take all of the weight off of your shoulders. I'm going to show you what it's like. Uh, you know little boy and to all that uh fire and ammo that ricky starks delivers mjf finishes it off with just a quick low blow <laughs> ricky mm-hmm. starks uh issa this was uh, guns guns ablazing here
1: oh i loved everything about this interaction i loved uh mjf felt different which is what i want to see but ricky starks was ready for him and you put him in the spot and and this is where somebody shines we talked about a couple of weeks ago when they try to have willer yuda go on the stick with mjf and what a mistake that was not here and and i'm i i got to tell you something i i personally don't know that ricky starks will win next week right like it feels like mjf is going to continue here You can't, like, not see him after what we saw from him today. He better continue to get a push because he's ready. He's ready for that main event scene. And the thing that I love the most about this is that you have two homegrown AEW talents opening the show, giving you probably, I felt the show peaked here. It took me a while to get back into it because this segment was so exciting. But you had two AEW homegrown just selling you the match next week, and, and it's a beautiful thing to see. You want to see the company grow and, and push their own stars, and this is the way to do it, mm-hmm. but I was so proud of Ricky Starks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jay, um, the crowd was on their feet, making a lot of noise. This crowd was hot the whole night, to be fair, but they were on their feet, uh, firmly backing Ricky Starks here. I don't give Ricky Starks a chance in the blue hell to take the title off of MJF, but that said, <laughs> this promo made me a lot more interested to see the interaction in the match next week. Oh,
2: definitely. Uh, that's exactly what I, how I felt it exactly in my notes, what I put down that after this interaction, after this, the, uh, especially Ricky Starks on the mic shining the way he did, you know, I've said it on here how many times, and I don't know how many more times I'm going to say it. The idea is you talk people into the seats and in front of their television screens and you screens, and you talk to people into buying, yeah, into the show, into the characters, into the uh, story being told. That's exactly what they did with this promo segment back and forth. Not only was he able to hang with MJF, I think at times he kind of outshined. Uh, the dollar store Dwayne outshined. outshone, Outshined. Mm-hmm. Outshined.
1: outshined. Yeah, yeah,
2: outsh- yeah, either way. Uh, 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 MJF. And I do have a minor, you know, you talk about the little things. I do have a minor critique about this was at the end. I didn't mind that MJF kind of took liberties and kicked him where the sun don't shine. I just didn't like right afterwards, you know, him shooting him off, ducking the clothesline and spear and still having, you know, um, still having Ricky Starks basically on top. That should have been a spot where this is where he gets his heat back and leave it at that. Kick him in the kick him right. in the groin and just you know pick up the pick up the belt, hold it in his face. Go, you want this? Come get it next week, and then just walk off, leave him laying.
0: I agree. If you end with the low blow, the crowd is at a fever pitch. of, of the The temper is just at the at the top. I, I agree. the The only thing I could figure is that the the, deci- the reason they decided to go that extra mile, and then have Starks do what he did, is kind of the old Vince WWE booking that we make fun of, which is okay. We're gonna have Ricky end the segment on top, both verbally and physically because he's not going over next week. That was the only thing I can figure. Right, I, that's I what I was
1: thinking, because mm-hmm. Starks don't have a chance to win in what we're all assuming. I was like, you have to let Starks shine here some kind of way, get get a little bit back here and, and have his standing stall, because as you know, Wrestling 101 tells you whoever stands tall and they go home. <clears <clears <throat>
0: now, whichever one of you can, correct me here. So obviously, Ricky Starks, we already know, challenging for... The AW World Title. He won the Battle Royal, which that's a separate challenge for the Diamond Ring. Correct? They yes. made
1: it sound like they're going for both in both. one match.
0: That's
2: what it sounded like, especially at the mm-hmm. end there when they were when they were, you know, talking about it. Uh, they, yeah, they said like, that.
0: It, you know, the are the, the
2: the Yeah, the titles on the line as well as the ring.
0: I mean, the reason I asked right. if it's the reason if I asked if it's if it's a one a one time thing or if it's a separate because I thought I remember Stark saying last week, and I thought I remember a commentary even alluding to it. That Starks was going to go after that Dynamite Diamond Ring. Was it him that said it after he's had a. After the match was, after he's already had MJF beaten down in a the match. So yeah, I was to, they've
1: hmm. never made this clear, and everybody's slightly confused about it because even even people on on social media, people hmm. in my chat earlier were all like, "Is the, they having two matches? Is this the same match?" I felt the way the promos made it came out, it sounded like they're wrestling for both things next week—the ring hmm. and the belt. But we could be wrong. They did not clarify on that
0: because if, if it is two separate falls, so to speak. Then that's you're out. You know, obviously MJF's not dropping his title, I don't think. But you could then have.
1: That's some, what I was thinking. You like, could have let's... some,
0: yeah. You could have some shenanigans, and then Starks mm-hmm. can get a fall that gets him the Dynamite. Done. So that way, you know, it, it it still keeps Starks elevated and the momentum going. Uh,
1: something. Yeah, but. that's what I was thinking.
0: Yeah, and I think
2: uh, like at the end when they were running over, going over what's going to happen on on Rampage, and then they mentioned about Dynamite next week. I I believe, if I'm not mistaken, of course, someone could correct me on here, uh, that they did say for the AEW championship as well as the Dynamite Diamond ring. Okay.
1: So. Yeah. And, and I just want to add to Daniel's comment in the chat because I never want to take away from NWA, MLW, all the things that these guys did prior to AEW. but. Ricky Stark's run in NWA was used in the promo against him to let him know that he belongs somewhere where he's not getting views. So that's Mm -hmm. exactly what I mean when it comes to AEW homegrown. A lot of people had no clue who either MJF or Ricky Stark were prior to AEW. The Mm -hmm. IWC is a very small bubble that people need to step out of and realize. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah, I, I I, I think the general definition of AEW homegrown means you weren't previously in wwe mm-hmm. it's, I, just, it's just the easiest way to sum that up or, or maybe yeah, because mjf you know.
1: told him go back to youtube where you belong nwa mm-hmm. where you belong as in right. saying this is this yeah. is too big for you boy mm-hmm. so you know that you can't say that that's where he was homegrown as if it was being used against him in the same promo
0: or yeah. or and actually, actually yeah, have that too if you weren't on if you weren't previously a regular on aw or if you weren't re- previously a regular on wwe tv or i'll say tna as well because i right. think it's a matter of who's been on tv you know who has national tv exposure in america mm-hmm. and and obviously your choices prior to EW had been WWE and, and mm-hmm. tna so yeah i think right. i think if it's not that then you're considered aew homegrown because right. you weren't getting any, anywhere close to the exposure anywhere else right uh, in, in, fair. in the u.s very so. fair all right we move on uh, we get a quick uh moxley backstage promo he basically says he likes what hangman page did last week uh, a little less uh you know, he did all this talking with his fist. He was more people around there would do it. He tells Hangman, you know where to find me. So that's not done. We'll get more from Mox here in a minute. But our next match is Darby Allen up against TNT champion Samoa Joe. And good Lord, <laughs> uh, Darby just take. I mean, we've seen Darby take a lot of bumps, but uh, the, the bulk of this match, 80% of this match is Darby just taking bumps and it's just Samoa Joe's heat, as we would say. Uh, Darby getting just whiplashed lashed around into the the, the steel barricades. Um, it, there's a spot where Joe goes and runs him from apron into ring post, and and Darby spins like a, a corkscrew and, mm-hmm. and falls into the timekeeper's area. Um, I mean, it's just I, there's so many I couldn't even. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's it's almost like they should rename the terminology mm-hmm. spot and call it a Darby. Like he just yeah, I it hear it. So, it looks so brutal. And before we even get to the rest of, and what actually happens. I mean, I can't help, and this is—it's entertaining in a sick way to watch, and I'm appreciative of the guy having the grapefruits to do it and doing it for the sake of entertainment for everybody. But I don't know how you can bank on a long-term career doing. I don't care if AEW only makes you bump once a week, you know, have a match mm-hmm. once. A week. I don't care. Like this is just some brutal stuff, Jimmy
2: no it, it was Woo. incredible the power slam on the floor went the pulled up uh oh uh, yeah floor, yeah uh, cool.
0: stuff like that you know
2: just incredible and then the uh the muscle buster on the on the skateboard, skateboard but with wheels the wheels up. Tr- turned up <laughs> at least if it was on the flat side you could say okay but on the wheels my goodness it just made me cringe and uh, uh yeah. It, yeah and again uh uh as brutal as it was, it's the little things that I critique. You know, there's Doc Samson checking on 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 Darby to see if he can go, if he can continue, which made sense because you know he just took a pounding. The doctor go check. The one time you want the referee to go out there and check on him with the doctor to see if he can continue, he should. Instead, he's inside. This is the time he's now counting, doing a count out. Yeah, I mean, like it, mm. <laughs>
0: The one the one time there's the one time there doesn't need to be the count out, and that's when they decide to implement. Right.
2: That. You know, oh my goodness.
0: Anyway. <laughs> I digress. Uh well, just to finish it up here, uh, Darby does start to get his comeback. Um, uh landing some big some big moments on Joe, but finally the end's gonna come when they're in the ring, and Darby goes for the coffin drop, but Joe catches him beautiful. in the coffin drop and transitions so into yeah, a beautiful choke. And uh Darby, of course, never man is gonna tap out, but he does pass out and great facial expressions of selling the entire match, whether the selling was was acting or not he, he looked like he was on dream street so much of the match his eyes were glazed over uh especially when doc samson's checking on him so mm-hmm. it made me believe and then yeah we got the muscle buster on the skateboard after the fact and after all of this wardlow has seen enough he comes running to the ring and chases off samoa joe so we're back again to the same thing of what i said last week when it when they when it was clear they were not separating joe and wardlow which is wardlow still wants to get his title back a title that again I think we all agree why did he lose in the first place so um I, I don't know what i don't know what the timetable is here but Samoa Joe looking pretty this was this was maybe the best Joe has looked and i again probably two to tango credit to Darby Allen but Joe looked the most vicious Samoa Joe Issa, that i've seen since he's arrived in AEW
1: Yes, I this whole match, I even paid attention to the picture in picture just to see if he was giving Darby a break at some mm. point. <laughs> And he was not. Um, I I loved the finish. That coughing mm. drop mm. onto the coquina clutch was just executed so excellent. Uh, if I got a nitpick, he knows all that. He got right up, and that's why he got muscle busted onto the skateboard. Mm. I was like, you could have stayed passed out for a little bit longer before you made that comeback. Like he got right back up and it bothered me a little bit because I mm. really loved the way that that match finished. But overall, I was happy to see Warlow out here. You want to know what I wasn't happy about, Labar, No mm. pop. Barely mm. a reaction for Warlow, and that's the position that they have booked him into, and I hope they're able to get it back.
0: Yeah, I talked about it last week, the, the, the light in a bottle. But yeah, you're right.
1: At least uh, he was dressed a lot better today. This, this <laughs> Warlow is a lot better than Hallmark Warlow, okay? Hallmark <laughs> oh, Warlow.
0: Yeah, I mean, Darby, yeah, he passes out, you're right, and then he gets back up really quickly, and like, tries to confront Joe starts to push a Joe Joe then headbutts him and then we go to the muscle buster thing and you're right I mean that it really kind of killed it does kill a little bit of the yeah. you, you just passed out like you know mm-hmm. th- the longer it takes for you to come back to and be on spaghetti legs that, that just makes the passing out that much more worth it you get that much more out of what you just did in the loss Um, mm-hmm. so I, I don't th- maybe who knows maybe this was a case of Darby would have stayed down more. Maybe I don't know if the ref or somebody was giving him time cues like, "Hey, we're running over. You got to get up. We got to get warlo I don't know, but whatever it was, I will agree. That was uh, that's that's a fair critique.
2: Um, yep, absolutely
0: on that one. So uh, we still watch Samoa Joe uh, holding two titles and has got mm-hmm. uh, warlo still wanting a piece of him. Up next, we get a tag match. This is uh, all uh, leading to and previewing Saturday's final battle, the ROH-branded pay-per-view. We got Claudio and wheeler Yuta up against Jake Hager and Daniel Garcia. Of course, on Saturday, Claudio Castanoli challenging Jericho for the ROH world title. And if Jericho wins, Claudio must join the JAS. Uh, Jake Hager accompanied with his purple bucket hat and all. It's amazing. It's such a sports entertainment thing. One bucket hat gets you over mm-hmm. one bucket hat gets the fans making signs about it and uh, true sports entertainment fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's uh, this one's actually a lot of fun to watch. Uh, ultimately, though, we're going to see Claudio uh, reverse the ankle lock that Jake Hager has on him and it's going to transition into a big uppercut and gets the pin on Hager. Of course, Claudio and Hager uh, have uh, history as commentary alluded to, of course, tag team partners in WWE. But mm-hmm. uh, Claudio, you to get the win, uh, so Isa, is this the formula of booking? Does this mean that Jericho is going to retain his ROH world title this Saturday?
1: I don't care. <laughs> I'm so over Blackpool Comeback Club against Jericho Association Society. We've seen a version of this match a thousand trillion times since the summer. I'm done. I'm done. I'm passed out. Let let them... I'm tapping out. I'm going to stay passed out longer than Darby. I'm done with this feud.
0: Well, to be fair, (laughs) post-match...
1: Okay, that was good. That was good.
0: (laughs) Well, to be fair, uh, there's a lot that happens post-match. Moxley does say in so many words that Uh, this, it it doesn't, he agrees with you that this whole issue with JS is going to end on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So the finish line is near. So I, I I agree with you there. I guess let's transition to maybe the more noteworthy uh, newsworthy aspect Mm
2: -hmm.
0: of this entire segment is post-match. Tony Schiavone gets in the ring and Schiavone says that he taped an interview two weeks ago with William Regal. Nobody has seen. It was kind of like one of those, you know, if I die, show it at Mm -hmm. my, you know, show it as part of my will kind of thing. <laughs> and the interview shows he and Regal talking, and Regal says, this is you know, this is to be done. If bad things happen to me, because I've spent a life as a villain, and you're you're always well, you got to look over your shoulder for bad things happening." Of course, mm-hmm. in the timeline of things, after this interview is when he gets knocked out by MJF uh, with the mm-hmm. Nux. uh And Regal goes on to basically say he decided to help MJF because he's basically going to give. He it was one of those beware what you wish for. MJF, you want to be the top dog? I'm going to help you become the top dog. Now you go from being the hunter to the hunted. Constantly have a look over your back, Rigo goes on to put over, you know, Blackpool Combat Club puts over uh, Moxley, Danielson, Claudio, telling them that he there's nothing more that he could do for them. Uh, the only la- the last lesson he could teach them is always be a step ahead, always have eyes in the back Keep of your, back head. your head. Please take care of Wheeler Yuta. So, um, Jimmy, this really kind of, knowing all that we know, and we can we'll dissect into the layers of storyline and and to real yeah. life here, but this really kind of uh, I thought was handled. Nicely, because mm-hmm. it's become a very public thing that <clears throat> Regal's on his way out from AEW. Tony Khan, right. even today, uh, acknowledged such, uh, really went into the the X's and O's of how this has happened, which we'll get to in a second. But I thought this was a kind of a creative way to allow Regal to go out um, still giving rub and closure to his babyface uh, colleagues. No, exactly. I
2: couldn't put it any better myself. It was, it was great. I was waiting for that explanation, especially, you know, when they said they were going to it and Tony explaining that this was done two weeks ago and stuff like that. I'm saying, what kind of explanation can he give? And then he gave that explanation that it was a lesson for everyone involved. He was trying to teach basically on his way out. He knew his time was limited and somebody would turn their, you know, turn on him and he wanted to make sure that everybody learned something from him on the way out. And that's the way it came off. And, you know, hats off to them for doing this, like you said, in a, in a great creative way that uh, you know did justice to William Regal at at the same time to the question you asked Issa earlier about, am I interested in this match on Saturday? Yes, to a certain degree, only because I think it would be more fun to see Claudio having to join the JAS. I think that would be more entertaining and, than than uh, and and also from a uh, Business standpoint, Jericho is still, and again, no disrespect to Claudio, who I think is awesome. Um, but Jericho is still the biggest name, one of the biggest names they've got. That if he's the ROH champion, and they're still trying to work a deal for, to put ROH on television, he's the guy that they're going to sell it with. All
0: right, well, we'll get back to Regal in a second, but you are kind of naturally on the ROH thing, so let's let's talk about ROH. Mm-hmm. So, part of me thinks, uh, part of me is predicting that Claudio is going to win Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, because Tony Khan made a point to kind of, he's made a point to um, respond to uh, people like us and just general opinions where we where where the, where there's that belief that man, you're spending too much ROH time on valuable AEW real estate, mm-hmm. and he acknowledged that, and he even said that you know that's gonna that's gonna stop, and that you know you're not gonna be seeing that much. Um, that that much crossover yeah. he even kind of alludes to basically stay tuned for Saturday he really teased to that there's going to be some announcement Saturday about finally mm-hmm. whatever their ROH uh show will be or the distribution is going to be so that being said I could see him going into that with a new ring of honor champion being in Claudio who obviously has a deep ring of honor roots and I could see if he wasn't going to have an ROH show I could see, okay, you're going to keep the ROH title on Jericho, so you have because you know you, 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 Jericho's got to appear on Wednesday night no matter what. Hmm. Um, so you would need Jericho to appear Wednesday night as your ROH champion if that's your only time to get ROH airtime. But if, if it looks like we're going to be moving away from that and finally separating the two, I don't think you need. Yeah, you know, I don't think you need Jericho as champion. Um, I feel the same way
1: because I feel with even with Claudia just joining JAS as entertaining as it would be because I agree with Jimmy then I feel like you will still be keeping that field going because then they will try to fight to get him back or whatever Mm -hmm. it is that goes on where I feel like Claudia wins and and you kind of like move on from that because we've seen Jericho lose titles in AEW and just move on to the next thing without necessarily keep hanging on they don't really they don't really linger on title feuds a long time after a champion loses
0: yeah um, all right, so so ROH, so so it looks like we are going to finally get some separation. They're going to finally get some more identity on the uh, out sure. there in the distribution space. So good for that, and we'll we'll see what that is. Let's go back to real now. So let's, that was our storyline. Let's, let's go to real life. So, again, it's very well open, and, and, and Tony Khan, and, uh, you know, look, props to him for being as transparent as he was today <laughs> on his media call. Uh, I'll summarize. He basically talked about how um, right around, not right after All Out um, in September, uh, his mother dealing with some health issues, dealing with a stroke, so he's battling personal life with that. And at one point, when uh, he's uh, at the hospital with his mom, uh, he he gets he's on the phone with William Regal, and he goes outside to take and, and have this lengthy conversation that he talks about, where basically Regal says that he wants to he he wants to be done with his contract, which is going to expire at the end of the calendar year, and he does mm-hmm. want to go back to WWE mainly because he wants to work with his son, who is in mm-hmm. the developmental system in WWE. And Tony Khan basically references and says you know, he's in this position right at that moment of how important family is and, and, and what have you, and wasn't going wasn't to deny William Regal that um, that logic and that opportunity. Right. Eventually goes on to say he's got to figure out how it's going to work out, but it looks like Regal's going to be done formally once the calendar year is done, can go back to WWE in, some, in, in any kind of a behind-the-scenes coaching capacity, but probably can't be on the air mm. on TV as a character for the next year uh, because I guess there was at least a another year option on his AEW deal that could have mm-hmm. been exercised. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But, um, you know, uh, I'll get both of your opinions here. Um, so William Regal, of course, Stanford bound again here soon or, or Orlando bound. Um, mm-hmm. It The way I interpret it is, you know, probably Regal comes to AEW last spring. Vince is still in charge of WWE, whatever, whatever. I'd imagine Regal figures, okay, my son's going to do whatever he does in the developmental. He either survives and thrives in WWE or he doesn't. He gets released, and I get him over here to AEW and get him in this system. Mm -hmm. Triple H, who's a very good friend of Regal's, takes over WWE in July. Regal says, okay, my kid's not going anywhere. He's staying there. I got to get back to there. That's, Mm -hmm. I mean, Jimmy, that's how I interpret this here.
2: That's that's exactly what it sounds like, and and like you said, it's a it's a different world now over there with Triple H in charge, and you as you said, Triple H and William Regal have a great relationship, and I know that they they probably still talk from even when when uh, William Regal was at AEW doing his thing, I'm sure they spoke a lot on the, uh, on the phone. If not every once in a while, I don't know if they are, they probably don't live in the same town as, but, <laughs> but anyway, um, but it makes sense. And you got to tip your hat off. Like you said, to Tony Khan for allowing this to take place. And you know, if he has to stay off TV as a character for a year, I get that. Uh William Regal behind the scenes is a huge asset mm-hmm. to any company. He could teach so much if people would just listen. And that's the thing you hear stories about AEW where the young talent tends not to seek out that advice uh from from some of the veterans that they have available to them. Whereas in WWE, you know, you kind of listen to some of the the veterans and you and, and don't get me wrong, there are some good uh minds backstage there at AEW that That uh, people should take advantage of. And William Regal was one of them. And I hope during the time he was there that people picked his brain.
0: Yeah, Issa, um, how how did you, being on that call, uh, how did you, what was your reaction to to Tony Khan's explanation of of, and timeline of events?
1: um I, I i love his explanation i mean he shared a lot including personal life that puts a lot into perspective right that he's trying to do all this while dealing with those issues i'm glad his mother is doing much better as he let us know um i appreciated the explanation uh maybe as i watch jimmy always say Fey, brother i think he mm-hmm. killed what we saw on tv today at least for me, I was like, I don't need this video package and the fans that are reading all these updates mm-hmm. are thinking, OK, so you, you do end the character on TV, which is great because not everybody follows the dirt sheets, right? I was just talking about how small the IWC is of a bubble. But for me, it was just like, OK, it's cool that they did that on TV, but we all know the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, that's just how I felt. But I love the explanation and I just want everybody to have a good time.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, this one's been waiting for a while, so let's jump into it. John Jordan, big super chat, says, what really is there to prevent Triple H from throwing Regal on TV right away? Sure, a lawsuit, but wouldn't WWE just laugh at it? Can't see it as a huge deal. What press into the set? Tony uh, Tears may be worth a little annoyance. Well, no, John, what would happen is if Regal's going, if they decide to not uh, exercise, it sounds like there was an, uh, another, an option for another year. And when there's an option, the option is always in the it's 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 for the employer to mm-hmm. it's for them to decide. So if they decide, okay, we're not going to exercise that option, we're going to let you out of the deal. They can surely then have a, a, an, an amendment or you know something there mm-hmm. that says we're letting you out, but here are some conditions for you to accept your release. Right, and it, and it would right. be you can't be an on-screen character in WWE for one year's time. Yeah. So it's not it's 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 pretty cut and dry actually if that's what it's and it sounds like they probably got it all figured out that's what they're going to do uh, right. otherwise right. Tony Tony wouldn't have been so chatty about this mm-hmm. if he hadn't already figured it out. So agreed you know. Yeah. So we'll see. Um but uh I mean but you know again uh, good that everybody's on the same page and obviously his mm-hmm. son uh, uh his wrestling name I believe is Charlie Dempsey. Um mm-hmm. yeah, good. Good for him. So we'll keep an eye on what that all means mm-hmm. all right we move forward we get a house of black uh, pre-tape promo and basically they say if you have a problem with what we've been doing next week come one come all so kind of sounds like a little bit of an open challenge next year and winter is coming that the house of black is going to issue in person Issa, does anybody jump out at you any, any any one or any one of group of people jump out at you that needs to step up to the house of black no no
1: yeah. No, I think that I think yeah. we need to finish this best of seven because all I can think about when I think <laughs> of the the House of Black is the trio's title, mm-hmm. and they're yeah. so tied up in this series right now. Which don't get me wrong, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the matches. I think I, they're having fun and all that, but I can't. There's so many factions, but at the same time, I can't think of anybody that I would like be invested in a few right now. Mm-hmm. Can you? What about you, Jimmy? You, Justin? Who do you?
2: No, <laughs> Who is there? Like you said, other than uh, those in the trios tournament, and uh, uh, do you go with uh, maybe Ethan Page and uh, oh, no, man. or or Uno in the group?
1: Uh, I oh, the Dark know. Order. The Dark Order. I don't.
0: You no, know, there's no. You're right because there's, there's that's why I kind of asked the question because there's a lot of other. T- trios and groups that are heels but you're a, you need a face step up to them and the faces are engaged in the best of seven as he's a set so i don't know right.
1: i mean you can always do i mean like one-on-one kind of versions of matches because we did see a king has some great matches and i think right. malachi black will be great featured in one-on-ones but i don't think that's what they meant in this promo it sounded like a group thing so i'm not mm. sure we'll see where they go but at least they bring Fisher, and we'll see what happens next week but it did sound like an open challenge yeah,
0: yeah it did <clears throat> house of black open challenge all right uh jamie Hader does a sit down with uh, tony shivani and uh, basically just says how her divi- the division is getting interesting and she touts uh her title i don't want to keep score <laughs> between this sit down with tony Shavani, his two weeks ago shadow the glass and emergency uh interview with regal mm-hmm. is in ring <laughs> live in the ring plus we see him Wearing something else. Oh, later when we see him with Surrey and Brit, Tony Khan had four different wardrobes on tonight on yeah. camera. Yeah. Uh, it just depends on what week it all aired. Mm.
1: Yeah, that, that's
0: the yeah. level of my note taking as I'm getting into. Tony well, Shibani we,
1: we they hear that Tony Shavani helps helps Tony a lot with talent relations, and he shows he's handling everybody's mm-hmm. problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah,
2: I just wish that they wouldn't they they wouldn't have keep mentioning. It's almost like every week they mention when there's two rivals being interviewed by Tony Shavani. It's always uh, under the agreement, no physicality.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Mm. Right.
0: No physicality. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Jamie Hader just uh, kind of just putting herself over. Nothing much else to take yeah. from this. Yeah. Uh, we do get into our women's trios match at, at 9, nine
2: uh, 21. Yeah. Okay. Before the main event. Yes. Before the main event.
0: I always say, choo choo. Trains yeah. never late. <laughs> Jade Cargill, Red Velvet, Layla Gray up against Kira Hogan. Sky Blue and Madison Rain, and for a while Jade's keeping out of it. She's calling plays from the skybox, as Taz says. <laughs> Eventually, she gets in there with Kier Hogan, does some stuff. Ultimately, she hits her jaded on Madison Rain, Madison Rain, who is the most veteran and experienced of the six ladies. So, uh, makes sense that Jade gets the pinfall on her. Yeah, I mean, look, it, 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 Jade continues. They, the she they, they are protecting her. She's undefeated. Um, Jimmy, do you, I mean? Uh, where are you at on the Jade? Where are you at on the buy-in? How much stock in Jade Cargo do you have? She looks like a million bucks. She can speak. She's very confident in and who she is, uh, but certainly you can watch her. You can nitpick at, you know, that she is not a, a, she's not a ring veteran. But, I mean, are, are you in? Is this the project that you would get behind and say, yeah, I'm going to back my horse? I'm, I'm going to back my cart to this horse.
2: Well, I, I don't know if I would back my cart to this horse, but uh, tonight did help point Porter in the right direction. I thought her... Her persona in this match, you know, not tagging in at the beginning and kind of almost like posing while she's on the apron, waiting to for her opportunity to get in this match and show everyone how it's supposed to be done, you know, Jade style and stuff like that. And then when she was in there, especially at the end, she, domin- she dominated and looked like a superstar. Mm-hmm. Her persona, she just uh, emanates. So she, I, I may not be fully on board with her yet, but she is uh, starting to win me over.
0: Issa, are you a baddie?
1: Uh, possibly. Depends on the situation and <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I do like Jade a lot. You know, I, I always say it here every week. I'm not into the Bow Wow thing. This I enjoy more than that weird Bow Wow segment last week. And that's the thing. Jade looks like a million bucks and she knows how to play her role when she's out there um, getting ready to be in the ring. So I'm, I'm, I'm always excited to see her. I just wish they gave the women time to build stories you know when you think about like they did it with Soraya and Britt Baker and we wanted to see that match but they had in-ring promos they built it they let it marinate here we're just throwing matches together for no reason Jamie Hayter's first title defense is going to be a weird I don't even know how it's going to happen in a match that I don't even know when it's happening it's weird the way that they treat the women's division yet you're still invested into and 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 Britt baker and they pitched something for january 11th and i'm already here like oh i can't wait to see what they're gonna do so mm-hmm. just build some good stories
0: yeah um by the way real quick a plug with jade uh if you haven't check out on the aw youtube the hey ew okay oh, <laughs> with uh rj G- jimmy and my for a good friend oh, rj city gosh. hosting uh and and jay cargo uh not putting up with rj's <laughs> <laughs>
2: RJ, RJ is incredible. I just uh, and I'm not just saying that cuz he's a friend. He's just he's just so entertaining.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> I had the privilege of getting to manage RJ for a couple of years straight, and 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 the the, the 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 in the ring stuff in front of the crowd is fun because you just I literally never knew what he was going to say. We we, mm-hmm. we there would be things that we'd rehearse, and then he'd go and do things that we didn't rehearse. Mm-hmm. But but it would, it would be also going out afterwards. RJ wasn't like a party or a drinker. He in fact right. would go to a bar and order a Shirley Temple while the rest <laughs> of us are ordering alcoholic drinks. But to watch him find people that were non wrestling people and the way that he would just it was like an Andy Kaufman routine. He would mm-hmm. just mess with them, but not in a mean way. He would he just kind of. He was like a constant social Mm -hmm. experiment study.
1: You told me about RJ years ago when he had like a couple of hundreds of followers. You've always, Mm -hmm. you always praise him.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we had a, we had a, we had a, we had a blast working together for several Mm -hmm. years. Uh, He's a, I always said, I I said this years ago and I mean, he, he, you know, it's his story to tell and he, you know, he had his whatever, I guess his looks, so to speak, from the other companies. I always mm-hmm. said the fact that RJ City didn't have a, a national TV contract with the pro wrestling, right. it, it was a crime. He's just mm-hmm. too entertaining. I don't know what this is going to lead to, but I but the fact that he's at least got this mm-hmm. show that he has creative input in and it's on the YouTube and it's doing well, I mean, i you know, yeah, happy for him. Good on him. Uh, so uh, Issa mentioned the July 11th. So, yeah, we get Tony Schiavone in wardrobe number four backstage uh, interviewing soraya Britt comes in uh brit hands her brit says you've been handed everything uh, your first match in you got a pay-per-view match against me i'm gonna hand you some tickets it's tickets for the show in la on january 11th she said you can either sit ringside or you can find a tag team partner and take on myself and jamie Hayter. so uh i i asked isa who's the open challenge for the house of black jimmy i'll ask you Who's a partner for Soraya? Is this somebody existing in the company, in the division, or is this another oh. Tony Khan assigned somebody who's elite now? Well, if
2: it's somebody in the company, you can pick someone like a Ruby Soho or something like that. I don't know. I just, uh, it, again, it's a good question. And if they'd built up, uh, I'd hope they don't go just like, oh, it'll be the bunny or somebody like that. Maybe, maybe you can, maybe it will be, um, hmm. Maybe we
0: do see a uh, 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 Sasha or somebody like that. Whoa, whoa! We are, in, we are in L.A. That's right. Yeah, got to make some noise in L.A. Hmm. Oh, Issa, uh, surprise new signing or somebody existing in the division?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to speculate in, in, in fantasy books, something that won't happen, and then I'll be disappointed. That's so what we maybe. do. That's
0: what we. That's what we do on the show. We speculate in fantasy book.
1: Maybe somebody
0: uh, that's already there. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, July or uh, July, January 11th, uh, NLA, uh, the Kia Mm -hmm. Forum. So uh, Mm -hmm. they're starting to already build that show up, uh, which I have Mm -hmm. no problems with. It's LA. Shoot your best shot in LA. So we will see. All right. Main event time. A lot of gold Mm -hmm. (laughs) in this one for your scorecard to keep uh, control. You got FTR. Uh, your existing ROH, your existing AAA, your existing IWGP tag. I mean, they got, they just got so yeah. many tag titles all the way. The one they don't have is the AEW tag titles, mm-hmm. which they are challenging for against the acclaimed. Um, like I said, crowd was very hot tonight, but they were up on this. Of course, just a, uh, just a laundry list of false finishes. I'm not going to try to play by play at all. Go mm-hmm. watch no. The match is worth watching. Very yes. good. Um, Jimmy, I never noticed this and maybe <laughs> I don't know if they always do. I noticed the night I noticed FTR. If anybody's going to be using, it, it would be them. I noticed in FTR corner there was a tag team. There was a tag rope and they were using it. Mm-hmm. Has AEW's ring always had the tag rope and I just miss it because they never use it. Uh,
2: I've, I've seen it at times, but I don't, I, I can't say that I've, that it's been used in tag matches frequently. Let's put it that way. Those guys uh, are just phenomenal, especially when it comes to tag team and trying to follow the rules. The, the match itself was awesome. you know hey ftr came out they got a good pop but acclaim came out and got a super and they are so super over it's incredible they had a hell of a match they had me interested it it had everything from you know all four in the ring at the same time you know proper tags dips and valleys the highs and lows you know it 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 had a nice flow to it and and again Mm -hmm. uh you like you said that that combination of a series of false finishes and stuff like that was really good, and just a very enjoyable match. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, and the finish finally comes though. Max Caster is going to counter a roll through is the best way I can really describe it, mm-hmm. and he's going to get the pin. So um, you know, it's not a definitive you know knock somebody out or anything. It was, it was just kind of a you know again a counter being outsmarting somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the acclaim wins, and uh, here's a sentence I'm going to say. All men embrace and scissor.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> Issa, did this live up to the main event hype? And then, of course, the icing on the cake: all men embrace and scissor.
1: Yes, I I love this match. Um, I I love the acclaim. I love FTR, and you can't help but to be invested. And that's the one thing you you have to ask from a main event. We we love both of these teams, and. <laughs> At some point you're like can they both win mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because they're that good but i love seeing the acclaim being being able to keep up in the ring with ftr who is known as one of the best acting, teams if not the best acting in the world actually number two according to the pwi to the usos but we don't need to get into that right mm-hmm. now anyway <laughs> i thought it was a great match i love everybody embracing in the scissoring.
0: Mm-hmm. uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, you yeah, look uh, uh, a claim comes to the ring saying FTR stands for find the remote but at the end of the night mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of respect mm-hmm. being given uh Robert Martinez has been waiting patiently for this one he says I like FTR but I feel they took the spotlight away from the acclaim during the match and afterwards. Um, I don't
2: I don't know if they took the spotlight away from the acclaim. I don't know if I agree with that Robert. Uh yes, the idea after the match was to promote what they you know, the match that's coming up in the pay-per-view with the double uh, you know the double dog collar match coming up at the pay per view, but at the same time, the acclaim got themselves over not only got themselves over, they are over, they have been they over. Are they so gonna, over, they were they're gonna stay over. There's it doesn't matter.
1: You have to think of AW as a business, and you look around that crown, and all you see is pink. Phone, scissoring hands and and the, mm-hmm. the acclaimed merchandise. What they're doing for AW is they're they're getting a pop, they're waking the crowd up, but they're making the money. That merchandise mm-hmm. is selling like crazy. I try to buy the the scissors mm-hmm. on at full gear. They were gone before the show had even started. Wow. So it's mm-hmm. it's crazy. However they are, um, wait, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> go.
0: but go. um, Jimmy's got to go, go the other way.
2: Yeah,
1: we can we can just all scissor. Yeah, together, yeah,
0: yeah. you know. See, and this and this is when if you're not if you're not watching the video, you're just missing out. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So but I like what happens afterwards because actually, mm-hmm. fun fact, I'm the one who asked Tony Khan today about why is FTR not featured in the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. So I think he was trying to keep it a surprise because he Pretty much told me that they weren't going to be there, so I was actually shocked to see the ending here and see, mm. uh, and see what was going to come because it didn't make any sense for me. They were the MVP of the last two Ring of Honor pay per views. I can't, they can't, they can just wrestle. They can't just make it a temporary, permanent thing where they wrestle the Briscoes every Ring of Honor pay per view, and I'm gonna watch it.
0: Mm. Yeah, so Issa was sniffing out the story, and uh, here was the finish after the uh, embrace and scissoring, uh, Colton and Austin gone. <laughs> <Please Gunn. stop. laughs> <laughs> I so many times I can get it in. Uh, Colton, uh, that's what she said. Uh, Colton and and Austin Gunn appear backstage. They said they got some presents and they have a Christmas card written in blood from the Briscoes. Them boys said they'll Mm -hmm. see you Saturday, FTR, in a double dog collar match. So, one more match made (laughs) for Ring of Honor final battle. So, that does kind of give some answers to the open ended and uh, vague answers that Tony Khan gave to Issa on her question. Mm -hmm. So that's that. Uh, Jumping back on the AEW side of things, they claim they beat FTR, claim to still tag team champions. You want to ask what's next? Well, we should, of course, note that throughout this match tonight, they're cutting Mm -hmm. to the backstage, where Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Sanye Dutt, and Satnam Singh are all watching. So uh, we'd assume that some combination of them, I I would assume Jarrett and Lethal, uh, are the next tag team challengers mm-hmm. for the acclaimed no no
2: definitely a possibility i mean uh, th- that was the seed that was definitely planted at least anyways
0: yeah uh isa any final thoughts on the tag team division for aew right now
1: uh i i think it's great uh it looks like the elite is going to stay within the trios division for now so just very curious to see what's next for the acclaim and what's next for FDR because now my brain is just thinking about whether they're going to split these shows are we going to see the briscoes take this ring of Honor title off of FDR because they might have something on tv in the deals for ring of honor exclusively so I guess I'll give you more thoughts next week I gotta Mm -hmm. see what happens here
0: and it should be—it's it's worth noting too. With FTR, still some months away, but I think uh, one of them even admitted that, uh, or, or not admitted, uh, revealed yeah. that um, their, their contract with AEW is up this spring. So yes. th- that brings about speculation of, of will they remain with AEW? Will they not? But will they continue on with AAA or, or, or you know, and some of the other companies they've been working for? Or do they, of course, send out feelers? Do they send out? Do, do, do they? Do they find themselves? Stanford bound, uh, yeah. so um, that was another I think, factor to kind of think about watching this match tonight. Of yeah. do they get the AEW straps? You know w- what happens to them? You know, do they drop these titles at Ring of Honor? You know if they start dropping titles, then we start wondering yeah. what uh, what's being lined up for them in the future. So absolutely, that is the blend of the business and uh, entertainment of pro wrestling. What's Roman doing? Oh,
1: what's he doing? He's he's getting in trouble back there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: As a Roman is known to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you get in trouble. <laughs> Acknowledge me, mom. That's what he's saying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's
0: what he's saying. All right. Uh, it was a lot of fun here tonight. We appreciate everybody live watching the uh, video stream uh, recording of this. Of course, if you're checking us out, after, if you're watching the archive of the video, cool. If you're checking out the audio archive, that's awesome as well. Make sure you subscribe to whatever uh, to the channel on whatever platform you're on. Leave a nice comment. Uh, we always appreciate that. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Uh, of course, as always, if you're doing a live uh, video, you can always leave a super chat and be part of the conversation. Be part, be the fourth man, so to speak, on the panel. Uh, final thoughts, Isa. Final thoughts. Final plugs.
1: Um, I actually did think they did a good job at selling uh, Ring of Honor, and it's like really funny because I felt the same way about NXT with Deadline, and it's also around in tag team wrestling, which is mm-hmm. awesome, right? Like, I I, I want to see the New Day against Pretty Deadly, and I want to see FDR against uh the briscoes i love to find the remote line from max caster forgot to mention it while we were talking about it mm. i had a fun time nyc demon diva go subscribe to my youtube
0: very good uh jimmy final thoughts final plugs no i i enjoyed it very i enjoyed them tonight
2: i thought it, like you said he it's a, it was a great uh promo for this uh weekend's roh pay-per-view coming up i thought they did a great job i enjoyed that tag matches actually had rules that were being enforced and and uh, uh, and, uh uh, adhered to and uh, again an enjoyable show let's put it that way i could nitpick about the little things of course like we do here but at the end of the day it was an entertaining show tonight
0: yeah this is one of my more recent favorites of the dynamite mm-hmm. uh, and, and, my and favorite think...
1: segment was still ricky starks and mjf going back and yeah. forth on the mic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yes but a lot of a lot of fun content tonight the crowd was enter- energetic which which helps um so yeah uh, you know you mentioned you mentioned nxt and and, and deadline coming up, you know, like I'm actually mad that, that I, I, I was not able to be part of the Tony Khan call today. Mm-hmm. I got the invite tomorrow for the Shawn Michaels call for NXT deadline. I'm not available tomorrow when they're doing it. So I'm like, mm-hmm. feel like I'm just the I, I, I'm FOMO, I'm just, just, or whatever it is, the, the, the FOMO, the missing out.
1: Yeah, it's um, FOMO. FOMO, <laughs>
0: missing out. But uh, nonetheless, uh, so all, point being, check out Wrestling Inc.'s social media, check out these guys' social media mm-hmm. for nonstop uh, reactions, reporting, and thoughts to all things going on, these media calls, on TV, all the deal. Um again, like subscribe already. Did that game at Justin Labar, follow me. Um uh, maybe Friday on Busted Open, check on schedule. But nonetheless. Uh,
1: have fun yeah. embracing and scissoring with other men at SmackDown yes. on Friday, Justin Labar.
0: Mm-hmm. That's my Friday night. It's on the it's on the books. I'm going to be embracing others, uh, cool. likely men. And uh, probably uh, scissoring or taking shots. Shots or scissors, whatever your uh yeah. whatever your <laughs> cool in the game (laughs) whatever you're cool with shots and scissors thanks everybody be good we're out of here see you next week